from the Mercy One Studio. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Join Father Fabian Moncada every Tuesday at 9 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Also tune in Sundays at 10.30 a.m. for Be Not Afraid in Spanish. Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Be Not Afraid is underwritten by Associated Ophthalmologists and Dream Dirt, Farm Real Estate and Auction Services. Good morning. Welcome to Be Not Afraid. Iowa Catholic Radio, 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM. Our co-host, Father PJ, good morning. Good morning, Father. Good to have you here in this St. Patrick Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Father. Could you please help us with the opening prayer? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who chose the Bishop St. Patrick to preach your glory to the peoples of Ireland, Grant through his merits and intercession that those who glory in the name of Christian may never cease to proclaim your wondrous deeds to all. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and who reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And then the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father P.J., before to moving forward, could you please give us a little bit guidelines about these uh, a little bit tricky moments to reception of the Holy Communion? by the hand, not by the tongue, and this uh, cancellation of the masses as well. Uh, the, the people probably do not still understanding that we are looking for the common good about this decision. And our main goal is to protect the people f- for any kind of potential contagious scenarios. Of course. You know, I think the very first thing to remember about the, the present uh crisis is that this is not the first time we've been here. The church has had to deal with this before. It's not the last time we'll be here. We'll have to deal with it again. Um, People think this is the first time bishops have canceled masses. It's not true. We canceled during the Spanish flu. Chicago and Boston were totally shut down. Um, It's uh, it happened during the plague, like the big one in the 14th century. So this has happened before. There are of course, prudentially, um, based on uh, the way the the disease seems to be working, bishops and those who advise them make different decisions at different times. That's entirely true. But, you know, the bishops are um, responsible for the common good of the church in the same way that the president and the governors and the legislatures are responsible for the common good of, of the citizenry. And so the bishops are simply making the best decisions that they possibly can with the information at their disposal. And the information at their disposal right now is that the disease appears to be transmitted primarily through through droplets, right, that come out of our bodies. And so that in order to avoid that, we need to minimize our contact with other people um, and minimize our contact with things that other people will have touched or been around. And that would be things like pews and hymnals and doorknobs and kneelers and all the things that are, our churches are full of. Um you know, in terms of the reception of Holy Communion, uh, if you're in a position where you're able to receive Holy Communion these days, which is not everybody much of the time, um, you know, the way the bishop has framed it is that, is that mutual charity should should trump personal piety so that if, if, if you are able to morally bring yourself to receive Holy Communion in the hand, then you ought to. We can't forbid communion on the tongue because it's the universal law of the church. Um, I, I have found that a large part of where the problem comes with distributing to people on the tongue is that, of course, that custom was created presuming people were kneeling down. And um, and if you're standing up, and especially if you're a short priest like me, it's very difficult to get up into somebody's mouth. So before this thing all broke down, I actually put kneelers up at the communion station so that I could, 
you sort of you drop the blessed sacrament into the person's mouth and that minimizes contact. But at this point, you know, what, what we all need to be much more concerned with is just creating the, the spaces that are safe enough for people to be in so that the sick and the infirm who, who really need the sacraments because they might be near death are able to get them. And the rest of us just give space for this thing to kind of burn itself out so that we're then able to move forward. Excellent. Father, how we can make a difference between a scrupulosity mm-hmm. about that I don't want I don't want to receive the Holy Communion by my hands versus piety. Mm-hmm. And it's important to clarify to all our brothers and sisters from Ayo Catholic Radio that have been listening to us at this moment that instruction for the Holy See about reception of the Holy Communion, what is more clear for us mm-hmm. so so you know reception on the hand is um is not of itself more or less uh, pious or reverent than reception in the mouth now it is certainly true that the way that reception in the hand was reintroduced in the 60s and 70s was done improperly and it did lead to a lot of irreverence and i i have certainly experienced as a priest sunday to sunday like people tend to pay less attention. That's a real enough thing. But that's not the situation we're dealing with now. The situation we're dealing with now is a matter of public health. And so what we're trying to to get people to see is that because there's nothing innate or essential about um, reverence attached to one method or the other, that you simply need to do what's best for everybody, which for most of us is going to mean receiving on the hand. Now, that doesn't mean everybody. Uh, I've got plenty of old people that are arthritic and can't receive in their hands. uh, I, 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 when I was a seminarian, I remember working at a parish where there was a poor little boy that um, was born without limbs, and so he he didn't have hands to receive on. Um, I like so we're not asking people to do the impossible or the stupid, right? That's not the idea. We're just asking people to be prudent, and and, and prudence means it. It isn't just about receiving communion, right? Like we need to not be touching people any more than we need to you know um sanitizing our hands before and after anointing people because of the the droplets that are on people's hands and forehead you know uh, like there there's just there, there's a degree of precaution that needs to obtain during these times which is not paranoia um you know what i said on sunday was we need to live in a space between paranoia on the one hand and presumption on the other okay so paranoia is where is where we're so worried about potentially catching the thing that we just don't allow ourselves to function and we lose all faith in God. And presumption is we say, well, God's going to take care of it, so it don't matter what I do. Well, that's dumb, right? So we want to live somewhere in between there to where we have a firm and lively faith in divine providence and God's care for each of us and uh, and an honest recognition that, um, pardon me, that we just might not be able to do everything we want to do the way we always do it. And at the same time, Father, another question it's uh, the church will be closed. It's not closed. So, right. So you know, many of us have been able to maintain the physical church buildings open. But I, I, I would emphasize strongly on this one: if you come to make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament, space yourselves out in the church. Don't sit on top of each other, especially if it's a largely empty church. We have a large enough adoration chapel. I've been able, at least for now, to keep the adoration chapel open. But I've capped the number of people in the chapel at eight. So that, so that there's at least one space between every person who's in there. Um, if any more than those people come, then they need to go into the church to adore before the tabernacle. Um, but we, again, like most of this is just common sense. Use your head. Don't walk into a crowded room. 
don't put yourself in a an impossible situation. Don't, um, especially, you know, we, we think about this mostly from our own perspective. Do I feel sick or am, or am I ill? But the problem is, and this is especially true for people like you and me who have much more contact with the public. Expose it. We, we can expose other people inadvertently. And the last thing we want to do is be responsible for somebody else's ill health. Be not afraid. Pray but at the same time, be prudent about your proximities, boundaries as well. Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you, Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. And be not afraid. Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction is a licensed, accredited, and experienced farm brokerage and auction company. Learn more at DreamDirt.com, including their online auction house, FarmBid, at bid.dreamdirt.com. Dream Dirt Farm and Equipment Auction Services, Farm Auctions, done right. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Their number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmentInternational.org. That's BlessmentInternational.org. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq Des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print, we make printing easy. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports 365 is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling Catholic graduate, and Dr. Todd Pedig. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Welcome back to Iowa Catholic Radio 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM. Before the break, Father PJ, in a very eloquent manner, explained us the necessity about prudent. But reading between lines, we can also understand that it's also a time of isolation. It's not curiously that we have been living in the same lane season, a time of isolation to encounter Jesus in the desert area. How is the experience from St. Patrick about it, Father? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So so St. Patrick was a a kind of a monk by accident. Um, (laughs) Monk by accident. What is is like that? So the the word monk or monachos um, means both alone and and one. But when you say alone... It's with God's presence. Well, that's it. So, 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 so the word is originally a kind of a double entendre, that the person goes out to be alone, and they wind up alone with God. 
So, 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 so it's a sort of a play on words, right? But what happens with poor Patrick is that um, raids were very common. Pirate raids were very common in the 5th century in, in Roman Britain and Wales and the, and the Western Isles. Um, nobody's 100% sure where exactly he was living at the time, but, um, but he was kidnapped and sold into slavery. Uh, as a as a as a late teenager, and so what happens is he spends several years in solitude herding sheep and pigs um, in the in the hills of Ireland. And Patrick had been raised in a Christian home. His father was a deacon. His grandfather was a priest, because of course married clergy were the norm then. And um, and so he was certainly a baptized, chrismated, communicating uh, Catholic up until the time of his kidnapping. But when he got sent to Ireland, there were hardly any other Christians left in the country, hardly any other Christians yet in the country. And so he found himself for several years deprived of the sacraments, deprived of the company of other Christians, left alone by himself with God. And what happened was during that time, there stirred up in him such a hunger for Holy Communion, such a hunger for, for the Holy Eucharist, and such a hunger for God's presence in the midst of the church, that when he was able to return home, after a very brief time spent with his family, he entered monastic life on purpose. So he, he, he goes out to be alone with God first by accident, because he's kidnapped and sold into slavery, but he becomes a monk on purpose, and uh, and studies under uh, the great St. Germanus of Auxerre, and then is ultimately made a priest and a bishop and sent back to the people who had kidnapped him, sent back to the people who had made him a slave in order to bring the faith to them. Beautiful, beautiful explanation. And at the same time, how can I relate this inspirational experience from St. Patrick to my life in this quarantina? Right. So I think the, the big thing here, right, is most of us right now are deprived of the sacraments um, and in a way that none of us have ever really experienced before and probably in, in our lives. And um, especially for the devout, you know, we, we might receive Holy Communion certainly every week, maybe even every day. And now you're finding yourself looking at the prospect of several weeks, maybe without Holy Communion. Right. And that can, that's a great pain. There's no doubt about it. It's a great pain. And it is being enforced on you from the outside rather than something that you've sort of willingly taken on. I think the two things to see here, right, are that sometimes um, yeah, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So that by fasting from the sacraments for this period of time, it should make us all the more hungry for the sacraments when we're able to receive them again. And like Patrick, stir us to missionary activity to go be apostles amongst those who are not presently in the church, who don't currently share in the grace of the sacraments, so that, so that even more people can wind up coming to Christ through his church. Absolutely. Sometimes sacrifice, almsgiving, prudence, those uh, languages proper for Lent uh, create us a little bit hard time. I use that expression. But this is a very current moment in our life that we need to fast in seriously because it, these kind of illnesses that, are, that bother us, that affect us, that's infecting us, needs to be controlled also in a spirit manner. Well. You know, the, the, the Lord's first Lent was, of course, in solitude. Um, and, and so our, it's no accident that our Lent right now is, is, a, is a call to be in solitude as well. You know, I was, I was out shopping the other day, like so many people are, trying to stock up on goods because nobody was sure if the groceries would close or not. Of course, right now they're saying not, but who knows what will happen in the coming weeks. And it struck me that in this, in this period of fasting, we're all stocking up on food. Now, of course, we need to be reasonable and prudent, and especially for things that tend to run out regularly, and absolutely those who are charged with the care of other people, children or the elderly. 
you need to make sure that you have what, what's necessary for life, right? But I think there's a temptation right now, since we're all on a kind of an imposed snow day, uh, to want to just like, you know, comfort food is an easy thing to fall into. So just, you know, beer and pizza for the grownups and, you know, (laughs) sugary cereals for the kids and whatever. And to to sort of say, well, God gave us this Lent, so so I'm going to forget whatever I dedicated myself to. Um, I'm I'm not sure that's always the, the best move. Now, if what you had committed yourself to was daily mass... Well, that clearly isn't going to happen now, right? right. But, but um, so so flexibility is important here. But I think um, we we don't get a pass just because life got harder. Uh, instead, we need to prudentially discern what God's calling us to, especially in terms of fasting. At the same time, especially for the sick uh, or those in most danger of becoming sick, you need to keep your strength up. Like it would do no good to fast only to make yourself ill and then get yourself seriously ill. That's not going to help anybody. Um, but there's not one of us that can't forego something, whether it's cream in our coffee or, or, or sugar on our oatmeal or, 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 or even our favorite TV program. Right? Every one of us can say no to ourselves in some small way in order to be able to enable us to say no to ourselves in the big way of sin. Absolutely. And a clear invitation to encounter Jesus through these circumstances. Pray. Pray and pray. Spend time to read the Holy Bible and review one of those passages that the Lord showed us to encounter him through his word and also help us to heal him, especially in this emotional and psychological tension and anxiety created for this illness around us. Many people said, what can I do in my home by myself? Many things, Mm -hmm. many things, in proactive Mm -hmm. and positive manner as well. Mm -hmm. Remember that we are in Iowa Catholic Radio 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM. Be not afraid. Gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics. Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you. Online at mercydesmoines.org. Partial support for Catholic Women Now comes from injury attorney Fred Haas. When Iowans have been injured through no fault of their own, in a car, truck, or motorcycle accident, harmed in a work-related injury, or suffered injury due to negligence of others, Fred Haas has been on their side to help recover from financial, physical, and emotional loss. Fred, double D, Haas, double A. Online at fredhaas.com. The Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio's broadcast of Dowling Catholic Sports and Activities is provided by Kemen, a global ingredient manufacturer using science to transform the quality of life for 80% of the world. Kemen is on the leading edge of molecular science, manufacturing more than 500 specialty ingredients for the human and animal health and nutrition, pet food, aquaculture, nutraceutical, food technologies, crop technologies, and textile industries. Kemen strives to sustainably transform the quality of life every day for 80% of the world 
world with their products and services. Kemen, using science to transform the world. Online at Kemen.com. Welcome back to Iowa Catholic Radio 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM. Be not afraid. Before to the break, we mentioned about the liturgy of the word, the encounter with the Holy Scripture. So we have a beautiful piece of the gospel for this coming Sunday, Father, that you can explore more deeply. In this case, St. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14, enlighten us. Oh. Enlighten us and guide us in a very interesting manner. Sure. So, so the the gospel um, for this Sunday of Lent, right, is always the story of the man born blind, and Jesus restoring, Jesus giving sight to the man born blind. It's very important that the man is born blind and did not become blind later in life. Jesus is healing blind people all over the gospels, but the reason that people seem to be getting very animated around this particular healing is because it's not that Jesus is healing that which was broken. He's creating something where there wasn't. So the man was never able to see and suddenly is now able to see. It's not the same as, but it's a little bit like if you, if you or our, our listeners have ever seen any of those videos of the children with the cochlear implants, right. the ones who've, who've never been able to hear, and then with the aid of the implant, they're suddenly able to hear their mother's voice for the first time. It's an astounding thing. I mean, it, it looks unlike anything else you've ever seen. It's it's way different than a person just getting a hearing aid, right? And so, and so the 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 people are especially amazed um, by the man born blind. The portion that I think is is most significant for us is that you know the, the man and his parents are called to testify uh, before the Jewish courts, and um, and the man insists that. Um, that the guy did something. And so, 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 so they say, it's a very long reading, so we're only taking a portion of it, right? Do you want to become his disciples too? The blind man asks the Jewish leaders, and they ridiculed him and said, you are the man's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but we do not know where this one is from. And the man answered them and said, that is what is so amazing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if one is devout and does his will, then he listens to him. It is unheard of that anyone ever opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything. And they answered and said to him, you were born totally in sin, and you were trying to teach us, and then they threw him out. And when Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered and said, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have seen him, the one who is speaking with you is he. And he said, I do believe, Lord. And he worshipped him. So, so the the important move here, right, is that there's a tension and anxiety both in the mind of the Jewish leaders and in the mind of this man and his disciples around sin and the events of our lives. And it would be very tempting in the midst of a crisis that we're in now to, to think, well, only the sinful will get sick. The pious and the devout, God will just magically protect. And there's a word for that, but I'm not allowed to say it on the radio. It's crazy. <laughs> It's a crazy idea, and, 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 and the whole experience of, 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 the, of the faith works against it is most evident by our Lord himself, who was perfectly innocent but had the worst things done to him, right? And so, so the move here is rather that the, the man wasn't born in sin, his personal sin that caused him to be born blind, though the imperfections of the world are importantly tied to sin. It is rather that God permitted this 
deficiency in the guy, this absence, in order to show something even greater in the miracle which saved him. And that miracle which saved him was not primarily in the restoration of his sight, but in the relationship which obtained between he and the Lord Jesus. Now he lives in personal relationship with the Lord Jesus in a way which he did not before. Absolutely. Jesus free us from spiritual blindness and sin. And, and a slight correction is the Gospel of John chapter 9, verses 1 to 41. If may I ask in you, what is your blindness? Mine? Oh, pride. Um, Probably uh, pride for all of us has been a serious struggles in our spiritual, mental, psychological, yeah, everything no. in our life. Probably we need to encounter Jesus to looking for the light that endures forever in terms of humility and obedience. Sometimes it's, it's a very tricky for a priest as well. You know? Oh, it's it, no, of course, it's very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult. You know, we all suffer from various forms of blindness. Um, I, I, I have really rather poor eyesight myself. I can't see without my glasses hardly at all. Okay. And um, one time in the novitiate, um, the, the, the novice master asked, um, challenged me to go without my glasses for a day simply to rely on my brothers. And it was a, it was a profound experience because um, I, I, I had to hold on to people's arms to get around. When I came to office to pray, I, I couldn't say the prayers myself. I had to let them pray and just sort of mean it as I heard the words coming from their mouth. Um, I, I think it's, it's worthwhile, especially in this time of, um, of a solitude that many of us find ourselves in, to get in touch with our own blindness, to get in touch with those, those absences that we have so that we can learn to better rely on other people. Not quick fixes that make us feel better, but genuinely come to rely on other people to help make up for what lacks in us. You know, in other words, present ourselves to the Lord, to the Lord present, to say, Lord, I am here, I need to, be, to see He wants to see you, and he wants to leave you. And sometimes we are completely lack of this kind of humility attitude to moving forward. Father, any recommendation to live in this St. Patrick date in isolation in a very proactive and family life? You know, every one of us is called to be a missionary. And so looking out, especially as families, to those people and places in which we can we can find fertile field in which to uh, sow the seed of Christ. Um, and, and of course, in as much as it's a, an important saint's festival, you know, um, to eat or drink something in the saint's honor and invoke their intercession is always a good thing. Uh, and um, and uh, especially uh, to pray for the church in Ireland, which is suffering spiritually in a way that uh, it has not since the time of St. Patrick himself. Let us move in into the final blessing to en encourage our brothers and sisters from Iowa Catholic Radio to live in this date in a very proactive and spiritual manner during these turmoil seasons of isolation. Bienakta leave often in Tririn Anamanahar Agasmak. August Srevnov. Amen. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Join Father Fabian Moncada every Tuesday at 9 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Also tune in Sundays at 10.30 a.m. for Be Not Afraid in Spanish. Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Be Not Afraid is underwritten by Associated Ophthalmologists and Dream Dirt, Farm Real Estate and Auction Services.